Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody? Doing good. Man, it's good to see you. Boy, let me tell you something. I uh, had the chance to go over for a couple days of camp. And uh, what I saw uh, was just wonderful. I saw our youth worshiping. I saw them giving their lives to the Lord. Uh, I saw them getting baptized. I saw them making a difference. Uh, but one thing uh, that I want to share is uh, that I talked to several other leaders at camp. And those leaders, uh, once they found it out from Hope City, they said, man, y'all students are just different. And I said, well, I'm sorry about that. We're a little wild. We're, you know. And they said, no. They said, like, we, we, we were the last week of camp. And because of that, they had to put groups together. And they put students um, who may have had behavioral issues. Or they put students that had come uh, from foster homes. They put students who came from. We had a really mixed bag in our rooms. And they said, your students loved so well the students that we put in their rooms that those students like didn't want to leave camp. And they said, whatever you're teaching your kids, they said, keep teaching it because we need more of it in the world. And so I just want to thank you guys uh, as the youth. I want to thank you because you represented Hope City with, I mean, just the amazing love of Jesus this week. And we cannot thank you enough for that. So thank you for being the hands and feet of Christ, even at camp this week. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I do want to take a few moments this morning. We had a couple of kids that just want to, as we used to say, testify. And uh, so, Pastor Lee, if you'll, uh, if you'll bring them up, let's hear from them. I want to hear it. Come on, come on, come on. All right, Danny, come on up, come on up. I don't need that microphone, come on. It's, it's not as scary as it looks up here, I promise. Yeah, guys, this is Danny. And uh, what Danny won't tell you is that between services, he came to me backstage and he said, I don't know what to say. He said, what should I say? I said, man, just get up there and share your heart. Just get up there and tell him what Jesus did for you at camp. So I'm here, man, we're here. Just share your heart, okay? I promise you this, we're all friends here. You can't say the wrong thing. Well, you can say the wrong thing. <laughs> but you're not going to. You're in good hands. Go ahead. So tell us, let me, let me ask you some questions. Uh, did you have fun at camp? Yes, sir. What was the funnest thing you did at camp? Probably uh, hanging out with friends. Hanging out with friends. Okay. You told me backstage that something happened on Thursday that led to a decision that you made on Friday. Talk to us about that. Um, on Thursday, Pastor Joel uh, changed my life. I love that guy um, from now on. He, uh, he broke down God's word uh, very well for me. It made sense to me. And I, I kind of felt, I felt something, and I, I felt like I needed to become baptized to, to become closer to God. And when I got baptized, it, it changed everything. It changed my attitude. Um, I, I felt, you know, that I actually had a place where people would understand me and where I would be known, and it did. It happened. Praise God. 
Praise God. Praise God. Let me ask you this. Are you looking forward to going to camp next year? Yes, sir. Praise God. Praise God. Guys, this is Danny. Give him a hand. You did great, man. You did great. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. Share your heart with us, young lady. And give us your name. Uh, Vivian. 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 Okay, Vivian. Tell us what the Lord did for you this week. Um. So when I went, I was very nervous. I didn't think like I was going to have fun because I didn't know many of the people at church. Like I didn't talk to a lot of people. And I was so nervous, but like when I got there, I made so many friends by like the first like 20 minutes. Like it was so many people were so welcoming. And that was like, I felt so much more comfortable. And then during services, like the, the worship was like amazing. Like everybody was getting into it. Like it was like wonderful. Like everybody was shouting, like I lost my voice. Like I can barely even talk anymore. And when like, I think it was, like, every night I really did cry. Like, it was just so good. But I didn't really know I was crying until Thursday night. And I, when, during worship, I just felt like, I've never felt God talk to me before. Like, I know everybody says, like, I felt him say this to me. I felt him say that. But I never, like, felt that. And Thursday night, I, like, felt him telling me, like, it's time to get more serious about your faith. Like, not to be, like, what the lukewarm or yeah. whatever the saying yeah like I felt him telling me like it's time to like buckle down and be more serious and I knew by the first step was to get rededicated and get baptized again and I so I I told Kaylin which was my leader she's like absolutely amazing <laughs> and I told her that I wanted to get baptized and she baptized me and it was just it was it was like so wonderful and I feel like I feel like I'm more ready like for everything like to come. Praise and, God. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome, baby. Thank you for saying sweetheart. Praise God. Come on up, Autumn. Guys, this is Autumn. She shared with us in first service yeah. and we've asked her to come back and share again. Um, I'm Autumn, like he said. Um, coming to camp, I was I was actually very nervous because like Vivian, I did not know anybody. And like, this is my first time coming to Hope City Church because I'm usually at a different church. But coming here, people are just so welcoming. Like, like the first, what, hour coming into camp, I made, like, so many new friends. Everybody was so welcoming. But before camp, um, I had a relationship with God, but, like, it wasn't, like, a relationship. It was, like, I know of him. And I said that I believe in him because, like, that's like what I was trying to say, like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Like I wanted to say that, but I didn't have that like close connection with God. And going to camp after seeing Pastor Joel um, preach and just telling us, and I really understand after that. And then I'm not like an outgoing person. I do not ask questions. I'm way too scared to, I was never like, I never got to build up that courage to go ask somebody like any questions all because I had all these questions and it was just like so overwhelming and I could never ask them because I was just like too nervous, too scared of what they would think of my questions. If it's like, that's a weird question. Why would you ask that or something like that? But then one night, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday night after service because um, usually they go after and they say, um, if you go go up to the arch and you can go ask questions because it was like a whole row of all these leaders and something called me to go to Miss Leah 
And I just went up to her, and she was like, do you want to go talk? And I was like, like this. <laughs> and I did not say anything, and then she was like, let's go talk. And I was like, okay. So we went over to like a picnic table, and I just like spilled to her. And it, I didn't know what I was even saying. I, there was probably words coming out of my mouth that I didn't even know what I was saying. And I was just spilling to her like all my questions, everything that I ever wondered. And she like told me everything, and it changed me. Like I did not feel the same after. And then on Thursday, we had another talk, and that's when she asked me to go um, do this testimony, and I've never been on like stage or anything like that, and, but I wasn't even scared. Like after having the first talk, I wasn't scared anymore of like anything. And then Miss Kaylee, I'm pretty sure. Kaylee. Kaylin. Yeah. Yes. And she was like, we're all getting baptized. Do you want to go? And I was like, because I've gotten baptized while, while ago, but it was like a dunk in the water. Like I didn't feel any change. But then... After I got baptized the second time on Friday by Miss Leah, it was like re reborn. I was not the same, and I'm so much different now. And I just want to thank you so much. Like, I'm so changed. And it just amazing. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks, kiddo. That's wonderful. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Isn't this exciting? Yeah. Man, so good. Go ahead and share. Hi, my name is Maddie. And, and you got a big fan out there, Maggie. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Jen. <laughs> and whenever I was going to this church camp, I was only really going to hang out with my friends. I wasn't really going to get closer with God. And in the process, during all of Pastor Joel's sermons and worshiping and going to all of these activities and just celebrating God and Jesus Christ, um, I just felt like a closer bond with him. So on Thursday night, after worship, I asked Miss Kaylin, one of our leaders, if she could baptize me. And she said yes. So we filled out a card. And on Friday, I got baptized for the first time. And after that, I just I felt different. I felt a much closer relationship with God. So, like Autumn, I just want to say thank you to everybody who made that happen. Wow. Praise God. Thanks, Maddie. That's great. Thanks, Pastor Leah. Yeah, so, uh, isn't it exciting when God does something for our children? Amen. Uh, I say children are young people. Sorry, guys. I know you're not children anymore. Um, I have um, uh, a huge thank you to give. Uh, if you were one of our camps, counselors, sponsors, leaders, would you please stand if you're here? Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank all you guys. We, um, uh, I never knew humans could drink that much caffeine. Uh, Kaylin, you will forever be the Red Bull queen. Uh, it's almost to the point of idolatry, really. It's scary. Um, I say that lovingly and jokingly. Um, our leaders uh, really did put their arms around these uh, young people and just kind of walked with them as they journeyed. You know, our relationship with God is a journey. You know, and every day we just got to take another little step in the right direction. That's all it's about, right? Another little step in the right direction. 
And so um, I want to thank the leaders uh, just because you journeyed with our students this week. And I think you've made an impact that is going to pay eternal dividends. So thank you for that. Pastor Leah, thank you for your leadership. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the joys of being a pastor at Hope City is is getting to watch Pastor Leah grow as a leader, and uh, just kiddo, what God has in store for you is pretty incredible. So keep your hands on the plow, and just keep moving forward. And, uh, and always remember this. And I said this first service, and uh, I'm gonna say it again: we we plow for God, not for man. And uh, just keep keep moving forward, kiddo. Keep moving forward. Um, so as sometimes happens, the Holy Spirit interrupts. And first service, boy, I had a sermon. Man, I had a sermon. I'm talking, I was ready to preach fire. I had three or four, like, Instagram quotes waiting for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where people are like, da 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 dash Pastor Josh. Like, oh, snap. <laughs> Y'all's pastor's on fleek. He's done gone off again, right? And I was like, oh, this is going to get him. I was like, oh, that's going to get him. Okay. That's going to hit Facebook hard right there, right? And uh, my sermon was entitled No Excuses. No Excuses. And as I was teaching it, I was making up an excuse. And uh, I'm not going to make that mistake twice. You know, the Lord is gentle in His correction. And um, in first service while I was teaching, uh, I missed an opportunity that I felt like the Spirit was leading me into. And so I just want to take a few minutes and talk about that. Uh, I don't claim to be anything special. I have a calling on my life to pastor and to love people, but it doesn't make me any different than you. We all can miss it, yes? We all can make mistakes, yes? In first service, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And the Holy Spirit was so faithful that he interrupted. I was like a, a, a locomotive. I was heading one direction. The Holy Spirit said, no, you need to stop here. And I didn't. I just kept going. And it wasn't an act of disobedience as much as it was an act of passion because what I had was for our youth. And... The Lord rocked me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, don't you realize that obedience is better than sacrifice? That if you will obey where I lead you, everybody gets a blessing out of it. But if you go where you want to go, you'll bless who you want to bless, but you can miss the big picture. You can miss the explosive blessing of the Holy Spirit. And so... I just kind of want to talk about that for a little while. Um, I'll be honest. I left the stage first service a little bit kind of downtrodden because I'm still learning the voice of the Lord. Is there anybody else that can relate to that? You just Sometimes you just miss it. You know, sometimes, man, you just put it in the ditch. And I'm so grateful that a few people came and, like, rallied me and just like, was like man, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. But I do worry about it because... My passion, my greatest desire in this life is to hear my Father's voice. And I'm still learning it. 
I'm still trying to decipher sometimes, is this me or is this him? Can anybody relate to that? And then how do we know the difference? How do we know? And the Lord gave me Proverbs 19, 21 between services. This is many of the plans of a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You know, the Lord has a purpose. And pretty much rewrote my entire sermon in the last 30 minutes. And so what I'm going to do is give to you what I felt like the Holy Spirit interrupted me with first service and tried to be obedient, but again, trying to... The Scripture calls it hearkening diligently into the Word of the Lord, where you don't just listen, but you really lean in to try to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so I'm going to try to teach while I'm listening today. And I learned something today brand new of the Father. That it's not just obedience up and to the point of execution. It's obedience during the execution. It's not just him getting you into the arena. It's listening to him after you have arrived. It's not just listening to him to write the sermon. It's listening to the Spirit while you're delivering the sermon. It's not just listening to the Spirit to create a family. It's listening to him while we're raising the family. And so often we put the voice of God in stages of our life to where we say, God, I need you up to this point. And then I say, I can take it from here. And we allow him to get us going in a really good direction. We allow the spirit to really set us up. We listen to the scriptures. We try to live obedient. We do the right things. And then we get to a place to where we feel like everything's okay. And we put our hands back on the wheel. And we put it back in the ditch. Can I tell you, I'm just kind of in a place in my ministry where I don't want to touch the wheel anymore. I just don't want to touch the wheel anymore. And I think what happened first service, is I just had my hands on the wheel too hard. And the Lord had me going one direction, and I was going another, and I just I missed it. And so I apologized to the people in first service because if I ever want to do anything, and I was sharing this with my friend Sean between services, if I ever want to do anything, I want to live a life that is completely open in front of you. Like I want to live with such clarity that if I make a mistake that I share it with you, because I have found such strength in reading about Paul where he says that his strength is made perfect in my weaknesses. And so I want to serve you in such a way and lead this church in such a way that in my weakness, you see his strength made perfect. And so I have to start this sermon by saying I made a mistake. I let my agenda get in the way of his. 
Uh, yeah, I don't ever want to do that again. And so what I want to share with you is just kind of what I felt the Spirit revealed to me based on what happened in first service, and hopefully it can touch people in this service as well. You see, I came in with guns blazing for the next generation because I have a passion for the next generation, and you guys made an impact, not just on everybody you came in contact with at camp, but you made an impact on me this past week. You made an impact on the leaders. And the, the, the first point of my sermon this week was that your age is an invalid point when it comes to God. And I really wanted to hit home because we're in the letter series and the letter that I was on is 1 Timothy. And in 1 Timothy, it says that you should never let anyone, never let anyone despise you for your youth. Let no one despise you for your youth. It says, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and impurity. And so I can tell you, like my sermon was from a good place for you. The problem is, is I can want something for you so bad that I force that on you instead of what God has to give you. And what God was wanting to say is warn them about the giants in their life. And see, the way I missed it was very simple. My points were consecutive. The scripture on point, I had great, good thoughts and just, it was a cadence and a rhythm that I write to. And somewhere along the way, this flashing light was saying, take this detour, follow me, Josh, come here, go here, Josh, here, here, don't miss this, don't, you're to opportunity, go here. And I was so like enthralled with the fact of giving you what somebody didn't give me that I missed what he wanted to give you. My whole basis for teaching today was to give the next generation the wisdom that I wish someone would have given to me. But outside of the wisdom of God, there is no wisdom. And the one thing that if I could give you, if I could open your young minds and pour into your spirit, and who you are is to live the great life of the adventure of living according to the Spirit. Because it's the greatest adventure you'll ever know. It's, it's walking up on a stage prepared and then realizing there's something totally different. It's thinking you're going to pump gas and yet you change somebody's eternity while you're pumping gas by sharing the gospel. It's thinking you're just getting a job, but finding that he's placing you on the battlefield of eternity in the place where you get a paycheck. It's a spirit-led adventure. And so I want to be transparent in front of you today, especially you guys and the youth, because my desire to give you my thoughts got in the way of me giving you his thoughts. And you're going to make that mistake. We're going to make that mistake, yes or no? 
And when you make that mistake, He's so faithful to come back around and share with you His heart again. He did that first service. And so what I'm going to do is with the time that I have left, which isn't much, I'm, I'm going to cut off what it is I want to share. And I'll share with you guys later. It may come to youth and share it. But I want to go into this concept that I feel the Holy Spirit interrupted first service with for you and for everybody. And it's that concept of not letting your youth get in the way. And for the rest of us, it's not letting our age ever get in the way. Because in the same way we can say, let no one despise you for your youth, we can also say that churches have despised us because of our upward age as well. You see, right now it's really cool in church if you don't dress a certain way, if you're not relevant in a certain way, if you don't know certain songs, if you don't act a certain way, dress a certain way, whatever, that we put you off because you're not relevant enough. But in doing so, we've thrown out the wisdom of the house and we've divided the wisdom from the strength and now we can't get anything done. And so... Let no one despise you for your age, period. And I went into a story about David. How David went in front of the entire army of Israel, mind you, to slay a giant. And the scripture says that he went to take his brother some food who were actually fighting in the army, in the military there. And he gets there and they're all cowered down behind rocks hiding. And they're hiding from this Philistine giant named Goliath. And David says, why are you hiding? And they go, shh, he'll hear you. And he says, who? They say, Goliath. And Goliath is stepping onto the battlefield. And he's saying, send one man, just one, to fight me. If you win, We'll be your servants. But if I win, you'll be our servants. And he was so big, massive. A lot of theologians believe he was nearly 10 feet tall. Just the tip of his spear weighed almost eight pounds. And they say that he stood there on the battlefield and he didn't just mock the soldiers, he began to mock God. And that's where the Holy Spirit asked me to get off the on-ramp. You're a generation that will be very in tuned with people mocking God. You will have no shortage of uncircumcised Philistines in your future. These giants that try to stand against you, but really it's not you. It's the God inside of you that they hate. And my point number two was so good. Man, it was, oh man, it was so good. That instead of jumping off and sharing what I felt the Spirit was leading me to share, I just pushed through. And so I got to fix that. Your generation 
sadly, is going to see entire spiritual armies hide. But you don't have to. Because the God that is in you, He's not just with you, He's for you. And you're going to do battle in different ways. And here's the most beautiful thing. When David went to the battlefield, it wasn't his first battle. You see, David earlier, when he was a boy, which mind you, he was y'all's age when he killed Goliath. But even earlier, somebody had given him a little bit of responsibility. He was a shepherd. And one day while he was taking care of the responsibility that his father had given him, which mind what your parents trust you with, be diligent in those things. He sees this bear coming down the mountain. And he picks up his slingshot. And he slings a rock and he hits the bear, kills the bear. And another day, He's watching the flock, again, being diligent in what he was asked to do. He sees a lion coming down the mountain. And he takes the same slingshot that killed the bear. And he kills the lion. So when he takes his brother's food and he sees this giant standing on the battlefield, David makes a statement. He says, God was God when I fought the bear and the lion. He will certainly deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. And then something happened. The king heard. People in leadership will find you in your diligence. And if you're not careful, they will try to put their giftings on you. And what happened is Saul, King Saul, came and brought his armor and tried to put it on David. And, and, and see, the problem is, had David had won in Saul's armor, the armor would have gotten the glory. So God's not about exalting you with other men's things. He will exalt you in your gift so that he receives the glory as the giver of the gift. So, David, knowing his gift, walks over to a dry riverbed. There's all kind of imagery that we can go to there. But he reaches down and he grabs five smooth stones. And he puts them in his little stone pouch. And he walks out and the giant sees a boy. What he should have seen was a lion killer. All the giant saw was a slingshot. What he should have seen was the carcasses of a bear and a lion. You see, the little things that you think are not valuable now are building you up for something great. 
and what you destroy in silence while you're being diligent, God will use later on to exalt you among people. Oh my God, this is good. So now, here's David standing on the battlefield. And it makes the giant furious. Who sends a boy to fight a man's battle? And he says, I'm going to crush you. David reaches in his stone pouch, stretching out the leather on a slingshot. And he tells Goliath, he said, you come at me with a sword. You come at me with a shield. You come at me with a spear. But I come at you in the name of the Lord. See, young people, hear me. Your greatest asset is the presence of God. Your greatest weapon is your worship. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What was it that David learned in the field alone with the sheep? Worship. Worship. So what is it that had him trust the presence of God in such a phenomenal way when he turns 17 and now he's facing Goliath? Can I tell you, he begins to worship. That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. He begins to worship. He begins to give his enemy to his God right there on the battlefield. He said, surely this day the birds will eat on your flesh in this field. And he starts winding up. Winding up. Sometimes it feels like doing right is just winding up. Sometimes it feels like nothing's being accomplished, but you keep just doing the right things. You just keep doing what you're told in the Bible. You keep doing what your parents ask of you. You keep pushing forward, doing the right things, and you feel like nothing's happening. Baby, all you're doing is tightening that sling. God has a purpose for your life. Keep tightening that sling. Keep getting it ready. Because what God's going to do is at the right time, that giant's going to reveal itself, and you're going to turn loose. What you're going to release will not be from your own hand. You see, God was the creator of David. He was also the creator of the rock and gravity. Don't miss that. <laughs> Don't miss that. I said he created David. But he also created the rock. And God from heaven said, that rock weighs about 0.13 pounds. Gravity, is it this many rotations a minute? God said, in order for that rock to hit that giant. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. There was only one place that wasn't covered with armor. And God said, that's where we'll hit that giant. We're going to hit him because he thinks he's covered. He thinks he's covered. But what he doesn't see is that an all-seeing God is seeing for David. And what God will do is he will expose the weaknesses of the enemy on your behalf. And all you've got to do is be faithful to let it go. Turn loose with your gift. 
Turn loose with the passion God put in your life. One of you could be the next pastor here at Hope City. Be ready to turn loose. Let it rip. There's a generation waiting for your obedience. And when you turn loose with that gift, God says, I'll take it from here. The minute that rock left his hand, he was through. His job was done. All God was looking for was for obedience. And God said, I'll steer the rock. Hand of God. Through time, space, oxygen, air, gravity, landed that rock. I mean, dead shot, kill shot. Goliath fell so fast that it started the Philistine army. It startled them. The Bible says they were so startled, they began to run because their champion had been defeated. Please hear this. When you learn to whoop devils, don't be shocked when they start running from you. Because they're going to realize you're not fighting in your own strength. You're just being obedient to the one who's fighting on your behalf. When you release what God has entrusted to you, your gift, when you turn that bad boy loose, it may look like it's insignificant. If we really go back to the battlefield and David came with me with a slingshot, I'm like, hang on, dog, hang on, dog. I got something right here. You need to take this Glock right here. <laughs> Let me get this shotgun out of my truck for you. Hang on now. David, don't, don't go out there with that slingshot with Goliath. That's a big dude, man. You better get a baseball bat. You better get something. A slingshot? Man, we used to hit Coke cans with slingshots. Don't take no slingshot on that battlefield. But see, God uses the wisdom of the wise really to just make them look foolish. And the Bible says that his wisdom confounds the wisdom of the wise. And see, had we had it our way, I'd have had David strapped down with Uzis and... You know, it'd been like an even fight, you know. You got some wild junk out there. But you got a boy. A boy. A boy. Danny, come here. Come here. How old are you, Danny? 14. Come here, Danny. A boy. How much older than this? If you're not careful, the world will put things on you that don't belong on you. They will try to put the sins of your generation on you. They'll try to take the mistakes of your past and judge you going forward. And these are things that I wish someone had told me. Because the greatest weapon I have in Christ is the weapon of freedom 
and knowing that I've been set free from my own sins. That even if a giant slays me on the battlefield, that all that's waiting for me is my inheritance. You hear what I'm saying? You can't lose. Even if the world says you lose, you win. It's the greatest victory. The greatest victory. Not the whole slinging the rock. We get hyped up about this. Right? We get hyped up and slingshot, killed a giant. Oh, Shabbat, we want to, you know, we want to take off speaking in tongues and shouting and everything else. But watch this, watch this, watch. The greatest victory was David being alone with God in the in the field and getting to know a God that loved him so much that he would not let his foot be moved even in the face of a giant. He says to David, he says, David, I won't let your foot be moved. You know how we know that? Because David wrote the book of Psalms. And David writes all these worship songs while he's out in the fields with the sheep. He talks about killing the bear. He talks about killing the lion, all in the book of Psalms. And he's writing in there all of these great attributes that happen. I was anointed king at 15 years old by Samuel. I killed a bear at 14. I killed a lion at 13. I did all these things. But then he says, the greatest gift is just knowing you. See, you had that in common with David. Because of what happened at camp. You know him. Your giant may not come today. If you live long enough, they're going to show up. But the same God that whispered your name at camp will be with you on the battlefield. And as sure as you knew it was time to yield your heart to the Lord at camp, You'll go and you'll pick up five stones because you'll know. You won't actually pick up five stones. Here's what you'll pick up. You'll pick up a few verses. The Bible says that God's given us a weapon, a two-edged sword. It's called the Word of God. And you'll pick up five or six verses that pertain to the giant that you're dealing with. And you will use those verses day in and day out Remember, it says they were smooth stones. That means they were war smooth. Well used. You see, the verses that we stand on have got to be well used. We've got to operate it, function in them, use them, read them every day. You know, you know what I struggle with by what verses are sitting on my mirror. Whatever the giant is, go to the scripture, find scripture that pertains to what you're fighting against and begin to read that scripture every day over and over and over again. And just know that every time you read the scripture, <laughs> you're throwing another rock at the devil. Amen. Thank you, Danny. So, so this is where things kind of took a turn in first service is that I didn't obey. And I was throwing my own rocks. Tired of throwing my own rocks. And so this is what I want to do. 
The Holy Spirit interrupted service last service and just said, people are dealing with giants, man. He doesn't make me sound like that because I don't hear him audibly. I feel him. You know. Like, oh, so the Holy Spirit's a big redneck. Okay. No. I just felt in my spirit that that teaching on giants was something that I should have done in first service because the Lord began to show me this giant foot just crushing down on a marriage. Then he showed me this giant foot crushing down on this house. But by the word of the Lord, he said, it's not a house. It's what makes a house a home. It's the family. He's trying to crush families. And then he showed me later on hope and joy and peace and this giant foot just, just crushing these things that God desires for us. And so this is all I'm going to ask. Uh, first, if you would just stand on your feet. I'm about to release service, but if you're dealing with something and you're just completely overwhelmed by it, meaning you've done everything in your strength, you've done everything, you've tried to uh, fix it, you've tried seeking counsel, you've tried to do all these things, and whatever it is persists. Whatever it is, is unrelenting. Whatever it is, you cannot seem to get free from it, and it just keeps on showing up in your battlefield day in and day out. God wants to show you that he is a giant-killing God. and He'll take care of your giant for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm about to release service. But before I do, I just want to know, if you're dealing with a giant in this place, it could be financial, it could be something in your health, it could be relational, it could be something just in your walk with Christ. But you say, Josh, I'm struggling with a giant right now. There's something that is trying to take me out. It's taking my joy, it's taking my peace. I can't go forward. I can't go to where God's called me to go because I'm overwhelmed with what's in my way. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, you see the hands lifted. You see the hands lifted. And Lord, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that you see the lifted hands, just like David, lifted hands of worship. David did not have to call in your presence because he walked in your presence. So Lord, here's what I'm asking. Every person that raised their hand, Lord, would you begin to just do something unique inside of their spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost? Would you just begin to reveal your wisdom and your understanding, but more than that, your loving kindness toward them? Let them know that the same God that took care of Goliath will take care of their giant as well. That all they have to do is be obedient, to stand on your word, to find those five stones, those scriptures that they can stand on, that they can trust in times of trouble. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that your word really is a weapon that we can use not just to strengthen ourselves, but to wreak havoc on the wicked one. So Father, touch your people and reveal to them the way. Let them see how you are going to slay this giant before their very eyes. 
Father, I thank you that you're going to do it in a way that where you'll receive the glory for it. I pray, Lord, that it would just strengthen their faith. Because, Lord, this might not be a giant. This might be a bear or a lion. Maybe they haven't seen the real giant yet. So, Lord, allow them to go back and see what you've done in the past. And you being a good God, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you've done in the past, you'll do today. If you have taken care of giants before, you'll take care of giants again. If you did it for David, you'll do it for us. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to your people. Every other religion talks about how faithful the people are to the deity. But you brag about your faithfulness to me. Thank you for that. When we fall short, you stand strong. I give you praise for that today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Listen, if you want to come down and pray, my prayer team will be right here to my left, to your right. We invite you to do that. Let me put a blessing on you and I'll turn you loose. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, not even our own stubbornness, not even our lack of yielding to you. Lord, we trust you in all things, even with our sermons. Bring us back next week with more wisdom, more of your word locked away in our heart, and we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care, and God bless.